Shalom Mishbucha. Shalom family. Mishbucha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishbucha, the family with a Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, it's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishbucha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Uh, That's kind of an understatement for my guest, Joan Hunter. She's been a guest many times. Uh, Most of you are familiar with her parents, affectionately called the Happy Hunters. And uh, Joan, I have to believe that one of the major impacts of your parents, and they're, they're in heaven now, uh, one of the major impacts is if they could do the miracles and the healings, anyone could. That was the feeling that I had, and I imagine a lot of people had, when they watched them minister. That is very, very true. And people, uh, not only where mom and dad were concerned, but also in my services, they'll go, it can't be that easy. It really can't be that easy. Well, the Word of God says that we're going to lay hands on the sick, and they're going to recover. And if mom and dad could do it, I knew I could do it. I did it. And if I do it, I know that anybody that's listening who is a believer can do it, because that's what the Word of God says. And, and you know, my logic, my spiritual logic says this whole thing should be easy, but it's become so complex. And, and, and I look at what you teach. Uh, for instance, you teach about erasing the pain of your past. And I'm expecting some very complex things and years of intensive prayer and meditating on the Word. And, and you show them instant ways of getting rid of the pain of the past, instant ways of closing the doors of stress and trauma. Uh, And as a matter of fact, I love your new book called Healing Starts Now. It's a complete training manual. And the reason that I love it is you not only take every major disease, but you tell us exactly how to pray for it. And you not only tell us exactly how to pray for that particular disease, you have pictures of you or other people exactly how they should pray. It's, I, I have to tell you, my thought as I was reading it is, it's too easy. And man and theology has made healing hard. I believe that we need to get back to the basics. I believe in the KISS method. You know, keep it simple, saints, <laughs> not the other way, <laughs> saints. And as simple as it is, People are going, these, this, you know, it can't be real. It cannot be real. And, like, I'll pray for somebody for new, I'll put my hand, like, around the neck area, very lightly, of course, not very tight, and just say the name of Jesus, I speak health and wholeness to all the vertebrae and discs in this back in Jesus' name. I command the height to be restored because with osteoporosis and, and fusions of back and deter- degenerative disc disease, all these things, people lose height. And I'll say, in the name of Jesus, I command this body to be restored to the proper height. And it just goes one, two, three, four inches in a matter of seconds. And the congregation will just go, ah! They'll start screaming. Tell tell me about one person you did this for. Oh, uh, literally hundreds in the last month. 
And but uh, you know, like a lady came in that she had osteoporosis; her bones were eaten up with um, with just arthritis and everything, not to mention the pain. And had a Dowinger's hump, completely humped over. Prayed, I commanded the Dowinger's hump to go straight, and uh, and her back to go straight, and her vertebrae to be restored, and her disc. And she just, I mean, in a matter of oh, maybe five seconds, grew four inches. Back as straight as a board, strong as can be, pain gone, new vertebrae and discs because she could move her head up, down, sideways, not all the way around, but most of the way, and uh, and just total, complete freedom that she hadn't experienced in 20 years. Um, you told me you recently got back from a, a trip to El Salvador. Tell me about one of the meetings there. Uh, it was so incredibly crowded uh, we couldn't, the people, they were anticipating 200. We had 450 people crammed in a room that holds about 250. And they couldn't get to me. I couldn't get to them. I love, you know, praying for the sick and laying hands on the sick and so forth. And it was just, it was just like, how can I do this, God? And he says, this is when you click into, you know, the uh, working of miracles. And so I said, anybody you got a knee problem, stand up, put your hands on your own knees, and let's pray. And I had them actually repeat the prayer Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse any form of arthritis or, uh, you know, anything like that, any form of trauma to the knees, command all pain to go. And I speak two knees, you know, new knees in, one, two, whichever they needed, in the name of Jesus. I said, now say, thank you, Jesus. And they go, Gloria a Dios. And I said, now, you know, check your knees, you know, how are you feeling? Every single one of them were completely healed. And we did that with shoulders, with uh, pain in the neck. Uh, pains in the back, sciatic nerve. There was literally thousands of different healing because some people had five or seven diseases, and they were all healed. The reports coming in of you know of people getting healed in that meeting. Some of them we can't tell at the meeting, like diabetes, but the reports are coming back. They're free of diabetes, and I never laid hands on one of them. And yet there were thousands of healings that night. It was, uh, it, it, it was an atmospheric anointing. That's what you're describing. Yes. And then the day before that particular meeting that I was describing, I had two people that came in that were paralyzed. One had fallen five uh, out of a five-story building, I think, on construction. Another man was shot in his back. And, uh, and so I said, okay, I'm going to pray. Curse the spirit of death and death assignment. Command the spinal cord to go back together, et cetera. And, and I've got, you know, long fingernails and not too long, but... Uh, anyway, and so I said, okay, I'm going to go down the side of your body. You tell me when you can feel it. And, you know, he says, yes, yes, yes. And I got to like, you know, like the rib cage. And so, whoa, I'm ticklish. I didn't even know I was ticklish because he's been <laughs> paralyzed for 15 years. And went down all the way to his toes, and his toes were tickling. You know, he could feel it. He had complete feeling restored to his lower body. The other guy, the same also. Um, one is completely walking with, uh, he's just strengthening his legs. The other one is starting to walk now. And, uh, and that was, it's just awesome getting the reports back, you know, from when I was there with all the supernatural healings that God does. Uh, you know, I, I love to interview you, Joan, because your anointing jumps on me as, as, as I'm listening to you. And as I'm listening to you, uh, I see someone getting an entire new hip, whole pelvic area and hip bone. Um, and uh, it, it, 
it's it's just I normally don't get a word that specific, <laughs> but I got it as I was talking with you, and uh, I found the same thing was true with your mom when I would interview her. Uh, tell me briefly about the time with your own eyes you saw your parents minister in Colombia with all those wheelchairs. Tell me about it. It was so incredible. This is one of the highlights of mom's life of going down there, and I had the privilege of being here being with her when this happened. And she just goes, oh, God, there's so many people here that need healing, you know. And, Father, just touch all of them that are in their wheelchairs. Heal them in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, these people just started popping up all over this room. Or the actually, it was a soccer stadium that had somewhere between 50 and 75,000 at it. And they were just getting out of wheelchairs, getting out of wheelchairs. And they, were, they didn't know what to do. And so they took their wheelchairs, and they're going, woo, 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 raising them up and down and up and down. And uh, and then they just started, they didn't know what to do with them because they didn't need them anymore, so I started passing them forward. And we had over 50 wheelchairs that had been sent up to the front because the people didn't need them anymore. I'm not aware of anybody going home in a wheelchair that night. Has the Spirit of God spoken to you about uh, something that Catherine Coleman prophesied? She prophesied a day is coming in which Christians will go into hospitals and clear out everyone that is sick. And I believe we're living in that day right now. I totally agree with you on that. I had, um, I have, you know, part of my teaching is close the door to stress and trauma, which I do the prayers uh, in the book. Well, well, why is it so important to close the door to stress and trauma? Well, trauma is what's bringing on so many of these problems that people are having. And, you know, you may have prayed for people and they weren't healed, I had a lady come in recently, and she was in a wheelchair, and she had arthritis. She had a problem with her rotator cuff. She had a slew of things, so much pain, digestion. And she says, I prayed. I used to pray with your mom and dad on the healing team, all this other kind of stuff, and I can't get myself healed. And I said, have you prayed for trauma? She goes, I've never heard of that until tonight. And I said, okay, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse the spirit of trauma. I command it to be gone from this body. In Jesus' name, she started crying. She started all getting free of the trauma that had happened to her. I said, I curse that rejection, the abandonment, the this, the that, and the trauma from falling on the shoulder. And I just went through like a whole list of things. And then at that point, she just went, I'd never prayed for her healing. I didn't have time to because she was already healed. Because the trauma and cellular memory, which is, you can Google that and, and, and find out the truth about cellular memory, and it remembers the trauma. It, it stays in your body. Well, what about someone whose mind has blocked the trauma, and they don't even remember it to, to ask for prayer? Well, I make sure everybody I pray for that I cover the spirit of trauma, no matter what it is. People come in with fibromyalgia. They have forgotten about the trauma. But fibromyalgia, the root cause, is trauma. So I have had literally, I've seen thousands of people healed in the last three years of fibromyalgia. Well, I am so excited to release your new Healing Starts Now. It's a complete training manual. It's so simple. You've got the pictures on how to pray. You take each disease. It, it's... Um, uh, my only complaint was 
It's too simple. But I know that your parents used to teach this way, and you are standing on their shoulders, and you've taken it to a whole new level. And I want everyone to get this workbook. I want this. It, this is the most complete training manual on healing. And if you just got the two CDs, uh, the first is called Erase the Pain of Your Past. The second is called Close the Door to Stress and Trauma. The biggest door to sickness, we're going to make the two CDs plus this complete training manual available for a gift of $40. Call it right today. The training manual is called Healing Starts Now, and that's true for you and the new ministry God's calling you to. Call our order-only line, one 800 447 26 97 1-800-447-2697. I'm hearing there are people with migraines and headaches right now. I command it to be gone in Yeshua's name, in Jesus' name. Thank you for your blood, Lord. Uh, I'm interviewing Joan Hunter, and I have to say uh, that every time she has been a guest, we have had more miracles on our radio and our television shows than any other guest. And Joan, as I review my notes on on your early beginnings, I'm amazed uh, that you're even with us. I, I mean, you're, 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 it was a single parent uh, family. Your mother tried to raise you. Uh, I didn't realize you were in such poverty uh, that you literally had to go to trash bins behind grocery stores to see if there was any fruit. Um, I never knew that about your mother or about you. It's amazing. You know, it's like I always say, like I knew what poor was. We were, we were poor. We didn't even have enough for the second O in that. But when I, when I met your mother, when I heard her, she was an author, a best-selling author, an extremely articulate spokeswoman. I just can't picture her in that position. Mom was willing to do whatever it took to make sure that there was food on the table. You know, we got one piece of meat a week, and it was a piece of bologna. Mm. And now it's so nice to be able to go to the grocery store and get some peaches, and it doesn't matter how much they cost. It's a very refreshing feeling. <laughs> because you used to get the, uh, the decayed peaches and, and cut off little pieces of it. Uh, and then as, you, as, as you're not only growing up in poverty, you were molested by an uncle, uh, and then you, you finally come out of this and you get married and everything looks wonderful. Uh, you're married 25 years, and what happened? And then it, in the last few years of the marriage, it was apparent he was living a life as a homosexual on the side. And then when it really came out, and after standing, praying, believing, God released me to get the divorce. And then two days after the divorce, diagnosed with breast cancer, he's the one that made all the money, cut all the money off uh, at that point, and had three out of our four daughters in college trying to support them, trying to, we lost our home. I mean, it had to be such a trauma when you first realized that your husband was living a double life on you? Yeah. Talk about betrayal, rejection, mm. trauma, stress, worry. Worry, I believe, is one of the main things that opens the door to breast cancer. 
and um, and I was so worried what he was doing at while I was at work that it lowered my immune system. It caused stress uh, stress hormones to be produced and all this other kind of stuff, and and thus brought on on the cancer. And uh, uh, so, did you have uh, surgery, or what, what did the doctor say about your cancer? Um, they didn't. It you know says you know you you got a few years to live. Da 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 da. And I'm like, you know, this is I first my first reaction, honestly, this is great. I get to check out and go and be with Jesus and I won't hurt anymore. I was so excited. You know, this is God's way of of allowing me to go to heaven instead of staying on this earth in this pain. And then I realized I had four incredible reasons to live. Charity, Spice, Melody and Abigail. And those are my daughter's names. And it was like you know, here I've got an opportunity to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And I started slapping my face physically to the point where it whelped and saying, I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I choose life. And, and I went after God for my healing in my heart, which I deal with on, on the trauma CD and, and dealing with that and getting rid of all the trauma in my heart, the unforgiveness, betrayal, resentment, bitterness, everything, getting rid of every bit of that in my heart. And then at that point, I no longer fed the stress hormones. I no longer fed the the cancer. And it went away because it starved itself to death. You know, I starved it from feeding it all the junk in my spirit. And I started feeding it life. I'm going to live, not die and declare the works of the Lord. I laid hands on my breast. I called my parents. I did not tell anybody else. They prayed with me over the phone. While they were praying with me over the phone, I had my hand on my breast. I have not, did not, the only thing I had was a biopsy, and the biopsies came back clear. And, and God had already healed me, and, and all of the junk that I saw on the sonogram is completely gone. It has been uh, right at just a little bit less than 12 years, and I am still clear. I did get my mammograms every year, year and a half, something like that. And for my children's sake, to make sure that they know that mom is still clear. Well, as I hear and as I've read all the trauma that you've went through. And by the way, we didn't tell them about the happy ending. Unfortunately, uh, you did get a divorce from your husband, but you are very happily married today. Yes, almost seven years now, and, which uh, is really awesome. Um, I mean, God rewarded your faithfulness. But I can see with all the things that you went through, how when you're teaching, you're not teaching theory. You're teaching stuff that you have gone through, lived through, and seen, the, and seen that there, there is light on the other side. And that's the only way. And the thing is, all the stuff that I have been through, I would go through it again just for you. And that you is whoever is listening to my voice, to see people set free, completely set free. We were talking about a race of pain in the past. I can tell you hundreds of things about my ex-husband that are incredible. And he is currently living the life as a homosexual. That is fact. Everything else is gone because God, like a Holy Ghost etch-a-sketch, has gone through and totally, completely erased any of the memory of that, not just the pain and the unforgiveness and the trauma, but the memory is gone. And I have a phenomenal 
incredible, unbelievable memory. You can ask anybody in my family, my staff, everything, but it is gone. Like God, with our sins, he chooses to forget. And it is gone. It is gone. Uh, well, speaking about choosing to forget, uh, th- this is, to me, it's unbelievable. Uh, there was a woman that was under such conviction and condemnation because when her sons were little, she didn't just uh, spank them. She beat them. And 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 uh, and tell me about her. Oh, what an absolutely awesome and, and you know story! Because I just started getting the revelation of this about you know God wants to erase all of this, and and I thought you know I need a guinea pig. You know I hadn't prayed it really for myself, but I need a guinea pig. And she says my life would be a whole lot better if I just hadn't have beaten my boys. And I said okay, let's. She, here she is. Here's my guinea pig. And I said, Father, right now, I thank you for erasing the pain of her past and also of her children. She went to the boys. She says, I'm going to apologize and ask them to forgive me one more time. She goes and she tells them, Mom, you know, you know to forgive me. And then, then they go, Mom, you didn't beat us. You were, you know, you correct us. You didn't beat us. Well, she had to go through therapy because she was beating her children so bad. And God erased it out of their mind and out of hers. And I mean, she had to go through serious, you know, therapy and everything, possibly even taking her children away because of the abuse. And God has healed them so much that she actually takes care of their two grandsons without the parents there. That is true healing where that's concerned. Uh, Well, you know, I'm reminded in Jeremiah 31, where it says, that under the new covenant, God will remember our sins no more. But what you're saying is that same thing that's going on with God can go on with us. That's right. And we need to choose to forget. I could have chosen to hold that against him my entire life. It wouldn't have affected him. It would only affect me. Because the unforgiveness is the poison that we drink, hoping that the other guy is going to get sick. And we need to get our hearts healed and choose to forget, choose to release what they did. Now, what they did will always be wrong. So it doesn't mean what they did is now right. But choosing to release them from what they did, choosing to forget what they did. And, I mean, I can, I'm sitting here going, oh, you know, I'm trying to think of anything that he did bad. I'm like, well, we had a good vacation in Acapulco. <laughs> you know, I can't think of the bad. It's just not there. And, and you know what? I believe that God has made you just a it's just a clear vehicle to radiate his love through. And he couldn't have done that if you had held on to all the junk. And if anyone had uh, junk, you had it. <laughs> And I got good reason to hang on to it, but it's why, why hang on to it? You know, and it's like, Jesus says, I've come to give you life. That's great. But life more abundant and where you can raise your hands in the air and go, I am free. You know, it's like the counselors, you know, 
uh, like 11, 12 years ago, told me I would never, ever, ever get over this. And I'm like, I'm so over it. I have a book about it. I've got CDs on it. I have a manual on it to get rid of the trauma and go through the forgiveness because the manual talks about how to really forgive somebody and how to get rid of the trauma and get rid of stress. And it's like, whoa, you know. My guest, Joan Hunter, many of you are familiar with her parents, Charles and Francis Hunter, who are now in heaven. And, uh, you know, I had a friend that uh, visited heaven a number of times. He's in heaven now permanently. His name is Richard Sigmund. And he used to describe that people would look over the railing in heaven at what was going on on earth. And I can just picture, Joan Hunter, your parents bending over that railing, watching what's going on in your life. And they're going, that's my girl. <laughs> uh, I, I have a question for you. Uh, you are known for praying for people that have one arm shorter than the other, uh, one leg shorter than the other. But the thing that is so amazing to me is that not only do they get healed, their their legs end, end up being the same length, their, uh, their arms end up being the same length, but they get more than their bargain for. They get healed of other conditions. Tell me about the lady that was in a, uh, actually a, a mental institution that came to one of your meetings. Oh, Nancy Vincent Haler. Awesome, awesome lady. And, um, you know, and what happens a lot of times with the arms growing out there, it's an adjustment in the back of the, you know, the muscles and the tendons and so forth and the strain uh, and also where the leg is concerned. Well, Nancy came up to me, oh, probably eight years ago, and her arm was like six to eight inches shorter. And I, so I brought her up to the front. I said, okay, and I just kind of waved my hand to everybody that has shorter arms. In the name of Jesus, I command all these arms to grow out in the name of Jesus, all the backs and necks to be healed in Jesus' name. And, you know, and hers went, whoop, you know, instantly out. And her sleeve became really, really short on her right arm. And she has had to have them all taken up. Well, then she, you know, collapsed to the floor, slain the spirit, something, and, you know, and, and, and was taken back to her, her seat after that. Well, since then, I have found out we've become good friends and so forth through the years but her father, when she was younger, used to beat her. And she would hold her hand over her eyes and her face area while he beat her, and it destroyed the growth plate in her arm. And it never grew past the age of the size of a standard five- or six-year-old little girl. And her arm grew out, and, and that was awesome. That was just great. But that was just now, now for those that don't understand, since this is radio, is what you normally uh, describe what you tell people to do with their arms to know if there's a difference. Well, if you and yourself that are listening here today have a problem with your upper back or whatever, stick your arms out in front of you and stretch them straight out like you're pointing across the room with all five fingers and put them together. Then fold them at the elbows and look and see if they're even or uneven. If they're uneven, actually either way, put them out in front of you, allowing about an inch between them. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I send the word of healing 
through this radio right now in Jesus' name. I command those arms to grow out, all the neck and back pain to go in Jesus' name. Now say, thank you, Jesus. Check your arms because they're now even. The pain in your neck and the pain in your back is completely gone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, I had a friend who was also in heaven. His name was Dr. Derek Prince. And what he would tell me is when people pray for their legs to be even or their arms to be even, they plug into the Spirit and whatever they need they can get at that moment in addition to having their perhaps their their back uh the pain disappear etc so take me back to nancy okay and like where the spirit of trauma is concerned that is what happens you get into the spirit realm like you're talking about and you don't need to get in it you're just in it and just say just curse the spirit of trauma and then the trauma leaves and it will take the diseases with it that it brought on and so you know back to nancy you know, I found out that uh, she had had a lot of mental in- issues. Uh, she was probably in her mid-20s at the time, and she had been institutionalized off and on for at least 15 years of her life. She was married. The, the psychiatrist told her that, you know, you, you, you know, her husband, you just need to go get you a new wife, go get you a new wife, go get you a new wife, you know, and he would take, take her to and from the, you know, the uh, institution, and try to get her back living in, um, you know, the home. She couldn't do it, so she'd have to go back. And he's like, you know, okay, one one last time, I'm going to take her to the meeting with Joan Hunter. And so she bring, you know, he brings her there. Then at that point, he does go back to the hospital the next day to tell them that I did get a new wife. It just happens to be the same one. And she was completely set free of all trauma that day. But and only and then in addition to that, the pain in her arm, because every time she would move her arm, her her arm hurt. By the time she was 12, she had six stepfathers, not just to mention the father and her mother's boyfriends in addition to all that. So there's unbelievable sexual abuse. She says, I never went to high school without being high on alcohol or drugs. I couldn't handle the pain. And, and she says, every time I moved my arm, it reminded me of my dad beating me. Every time I would, like, chew something, my jaw would hurt because of my mother hitting me. And then every time this happened, then I would re- be reminded of that traumatic event where I was hit, where my, if my lip was sore, I would re- be reminded when my lip was busted open when I was hit. And every time she turned around... And that it, every little pain in her body would remind her of how it got there. When the trauma left, the pain left, cellular memory all throughout her entire body, all of that completely left. She did go back to the institution to pack up her things and her nightgowns and so forth. And she is at home. She is doing phenomenal. She and her husband pastor an incredible church in Florida. They are doing so good. God has erased the pain of her past has removed every bit of soreness, pain in her body, every bit of pain throughout her entire body, and all the memory that was brought on, uh, and that brought the pain on, all that's gone. It's gone. Uh, I, I, you know, a question crosses my mind, and, and, and I want to take you back to your parents. They came up with 
ways to pray for specific diseases, very specifically, uh, very uh, specific of where to put your hands on. Uh, how did they come up with this? How, how did they develop this? Trial and error would probably be the easiest answer, you know. And, and in this manual, I could have written thousands of pages of things that didn't work. And, you know, I can, I know that as you pray for people, say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, some will get healed. But, but I realized that the more specific I could be, that the more people would get healed. So I learned that, you know, that, the, like, if you got a rotator cuff problem, don't put your hand on the elbow. In the name of Jesus, and, you know, I have, I curse that pain. I speak- wait, wait, you're going too fast. There are people that have that condition. Describe the condition and tell them right now how they should be praying. Okay. You have a problem with your rotator cuff? One or two, put your hands on the rotator cuff right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I send the word of healing. I curse any form of trauma to the shoulders and rotator cuffs in Jesus' name. I curse any form of scar tissue in case you've had surgery. Any frozen shoulder, I command them to be released. I speak new rotator cuffs with free mobility, every bit of pain, arthritis, inflammation, gone in Jesus' name. Say thank you, Jesus, and start raising your arms up in the air, and you will see incredible mobility restored, not to mention all the pain completely gone. Uh, You know, Joan, there is such a healing presence that comes across from your words, whether you're speaking them on the radio in a CD or, or or even in this wonderful complete training manual. What was in your heart when you designed the complete training manual called Healing Starts Now? What 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 is what is your objective with this? My objective is for everybody to have as much fun as I do laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. I've been laying hands on the sick for over 40 years. Somebody's arm grow out, and I have literally seen hundreds of thousands of that happen. And it's like, ah, it's another one. I get so excited because it's that individual getting healed. I want to share that excitement, that anointing, the reality of how simple it is that you can lay hands on the sick and see people healed. And, of course, maybe we'll go into it a little little more during the week. But when you teach erasing the pain of your past, you really mean that. You can really erase the pain of your past. It, I do. I, I believe in everything that I do. I think that comes across on radio, television, or one-on-one. And I love it. And, you know, and I have kept my childlike faith because as a child, I knew that my, I know that my Father God can do anything. He can do anything. I don't want to ever, ever think that he can't. And I see so many people healed on a daily basis everywhere I go. And, and what's neat is that you can take this into your family. The, the vision that I have for the ministry is to equip believers to take the healing power of God beyond the four walls of the church to the four corners of the earth. And the four corners of the earth is your family, your neighborhood, where you work, and where you shop. Imagine being able to erase 
the pain of your past from betrayals, rejection, abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, negative words that have been spoken. She prays an amazing prayer to erase the pain of your past, really erase it. And then when you listen to the CD, close the door to stress and trauma, you have to understand this is the biggest door for sickness. You need her complete training manual, almost 200 pages, Healing Starts Now, available for a gift of $40. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, 1-800-447-2697. My guest, Joan Hunter, is so excited about demonstrating the kingdom of God. Why is she so excited to see all of these miracles and equipping Christians to walk in the same miracle anointing that she walks in? Because when you can demonstrate the kingdom of God, then you earn the right to proclaim who the king is, whether someone's a Muslim, whether someone is Jewish, uh, whether someone is a Buddhist, whether someone is just a nominal Christian that has never been born from above, that does not know that the Bible says this is eternal life, that you might know him. They think the Bible says this is eternal life, that you might join a church. Joan Hunter, I feel sorry for people that think eternal life is joining a church, not only for what's going to happen when they die, but even when they live. That is true. And people, God wants us free of everything that the enemy has done to us to destroy our hearts, destroy our minds, and destroy our bodies. Uh, You know, one of the things I find fascinating is we know that trauma stays in the memory of the cells even if it doesn't stay in the memory of the mind. And after a period of time, it can cause disease. But what really blew me out of the water is when people have transplants, like a heart transplant, they have the memory of the person that formerly had that heart. Uh, Give me an example of that. Well, one lady, um, some of them are just absolutely amazing, the stories, but one lady... Um, she got the heart transplant, and then the first night she had a nightmare about a license plate. They, you know, Texas one two three four five six. Well, the next night she had another nightmare. Texas one two three four five six. It's like, what is going on here? And she couldn't figure out exactly what it was. Well, after several nights, they actually called in the police, and it was like, can you figure out what this means? And so they went and and found the car, the owner of the car, and got a search warrant on the car. They searched the the inside and out trunk and everything. In the trunk of the car, they found some blood and some DNA of this man's niece who he had uh, tried to kill, of which put her in the trunk of the car and then just then just dispose of her body. Her body was found. She later died at the hospital, and it was her heart that was transplanted into this recipient. And that man is actually still in prison today. What that proves is there is a memory in every cell of our body. Uh, So when someone has... Give me an example of a person that 
uh, not from a transplant. To me, that just scientifically proves it. But give me an example of someone that had a trauma and you prayed for them and what happened. This is a recent one. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to work on not crying telling you this story because it's so incredible. And I have hundreds and hundreds of them. But this man came up to me and he says, 42 years ago, I was in a helicopter in Vietnam. It got blown up. I was thrown to the ground. And, um, and he had a big scar on the side of his neck where it's a miracle he lived, where they had to do surgery and, and cut out some of the different things in his neck, rewire his neck because neck was broken, jaw was broken, and everything. And he has been in excruciating pain for 42 years. Now, I laid hands on him. I cursed the spirit of trauma, commanded it to be gone, health and and all the cellular memory to be completely gone, and I commanded health and wholeness to that area. Then I started, I had my hand on his heart to start with, and I said, I curse the spirit of trauma, and I command all the nightmares that he has had of night after night after night after night of that helicopter exploding with him in it and throwing him basically from it night after night after night and um and and the pain left instantly the spirit of trauma left in a very demonstrative way and he started crying and crying and crying and he says the pain is gone he says i feel so light i feel so different i am a new man i am so free of all of the stuff that happened in vietnam and, and then I prayed, of course, to erase the pain of his past so that he would remember that he went to Vietnam and he would know that he had a helicopter accident. But actually, everything about that and the, the experience of that plane and that helicopter going down is gone out of his memory now. You know, Joan, uh, the thing that I love about your complete training manual is you take each disease, you even show pictures of where to lay hands, you have the prayers, to specific prayers to pray. Uh, there seems to be in America an epidemic of diabetes. How do you pray for someone with diabetes? The doctors told me that I would probably end up with diabetes myself. And because my mom had diabetes, she was healed of diabetes. I, in turn, would go, they said, well, you know, your mom had it, so you're going to get it. Well, first of all, I would deal with the generational curse of diabetes, which we addressed in the manual, how to break that. Then I said, I cut those words off in Jesus' name. I am not going to get diabetes. And my blood sugar was showing that I could potentially move into that and I'm like, I am not moving over there. I actually served, I said, I, I served diabetes and eviction notice. It cannot come into my body in Jesus' name. Hmm. And, uh, and I, I addressed any spirit of trauma. And then in addition to that, I dealt with, I said, I curse at any spirit of diabetes, any diabetes I command to be gone. Like Jesus cursed the fig tree and commanded it to die from the very root. And so I said, in the name of Jesus, I just speak a new pancreas that works fine and that my sugar levels will return to normal and stay normal in Jesus' name. And about six months later, which was uh, literally just a few weeks ago, I went back in, and it is absolutely perfect. And I went, 
Hallelujah. <laughs> now, when you say that, I hear Francis Hunter saying hallelujah. Has anyone ever told you that? Mom's in here. <laughs> it's uh, funny. Uh, now, tell me about the woman that instantly went from a size 18 to a size 12. Well, she had a uh, tumor in her abdominal. Actually, she had 17 tumors in her uh, abdominal area in her female organs. And I prayed and, and I said, I curse those tumors in Jesus' name. I command to be gone. I speak a whole new colon and new female organs in Jesus' name. And they were before the service, she was in the back of the room comparing her belly with another lady who was eight months pregnant. And it was a toss-up whose was bigger. And, and it really was a toss-up whose was bigger. And, but at the end of the service, it was obvious the pregnant ladies won because she went down from a size 18 to a 14 uh, that instantly. And then by the next day, uh, next week, she was actually in a size 12. And I recently saw her, and she's still in a size 12. Now, how did you pray for her exactly? I just cursed the name of the, um, the tumors, commanded to be gone, spoke new intestines, new female organs, and she got it all. It's too simple, Joan. It can't be that simple. I know. <laughs> but that's the way it's supposed to be. This is the way that Jesus did it. You know, he spoke to the fig tree, cursed, boom, cursed, okay? How hard is that? He didn't do the flowery prayers, you know, and, and, and you know, like you go into the, to the grocery store and you pray for somebody. There's no praise and worship going on. You, you know, a woman might not have her makeup on. You know, she may not feel the anointing, like, oh, my hands aren't hot. They're not tingly. They're not this. You know, and somebody walks by and they're sick. You can see them limping. You know, and I always go, go the hands up. It's like healing hands. Here we go. You know, and then you say, God sent me here to pray for you. Is there anything I can pray with you about? You think, well, how God sending me to the grocery store? Well, my steps are ordered to the Lord, whether I'm at the grocery store or in a service ministering. And the healing power of God, when you know that you walk in the authority, and the authority information is covered in this manual, when you know that you walk in the authority, you will walk in that authority, no matter if you got makeup on, if you're on the telephone, if you're walking by somebody in the grocery store or a drugstore. I love going to drugstores and praying for people, you know, or in, in the airports or wherever we are. We can walk in that anointing. You don't have to generate the anointing. You don't have to wait for the anointing to come on you. You just need to know and have the knowledge that you walk in that anointing. Have people said to you after they've read your book that you have a gift of increasing their faith level? Has anyone ever told you that? Um, in exhortation in the area of faith, yes. It's like they leave the healing schools and they go, you know what? I... I think I can do this. I'm like, I know you can. All you got to do is lay hands on the sick and do some of these things and pray. And these are just like guidelines. They're not like verbatim. You go out to the grocery store and say, oh, I forgot my manual. You know, you don't have to worry about that because God will give you the words. But just get the general idea. Uh, but, but when you take each, I have to ask you this, when you take each disease and you point out the root causes of the disease, you point out exactly the areas that you should pray in for this disease. Uh, if someone 
doesn't follow that and, and just says, in Jesus' name, be healed, I don't believe they're going to get as many people healed as if they understand the root causes of the disease. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I know that I have the power and I can say in Jesus' name, and, and a few people have been healed, but I realized that when I appropriate the power of God, speak directly to the tendonitis in somebody's elbow that's listening right now, command that to be gone, all the inflammation and pain to go, in Jesus' name, it is going. It's gone now in Jesus' name. The thing that uh, you teach that I feel is so important is to be human, is to have trauma somewhere along your way. Most of us have had traumas in childhood that we've totally forgotten, but we have physical diseases that are a result of that trauma. Uh, even you talk in your book about the pH balance. You, you go from the natural to the supernatural. Uh, explain what your understanding of what trauma does to a body, Joan Hunter. Well, it is amazing what it will do to a body. When my mother passed away a couple of years ago, <clears throat> I remember, you know, I was like, you know, I, I told her body goodbye, and, you know, we did all that kind of stuff, and it was like, uh, I'm getting ready to do television across the state of Illinois, and, and I was just really, and all of a sudden I'm like, man, this heaviness was coming on me. This trauma was coming on me. My voice was going, because a lot of times trauma will show up. It'll affect the voice. And I'm like, I, you know, I can pray for the sick with no voice, but I can't do television or radio without a voice. And I'm like, God, help me here. And, you know, and I, I made it across the state. I got to my hotel room, got in the shower, and I'm like, you know, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm like, Father, right now. You know, I could hardly even talk. I curse the spirit of trauma. I curse the spirit of grief that is trying to come and overtake me. And I said, I'm serving you an eviction notice. You are trespassing on God's property. You cannot come into this body in Jesus' name. And I command every bit of that to go. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command my voice to be restored in Jesus' name. And I went, hallelujah. And I went, I looked around the room for my mom. I'm like, oh, my mom said that, you know, because it sounds so much like my mom. But the heaviness, the grief, the trauma left instantly. Now I still miss my mom. I still miss my mom and dad. And, you know, but the heaviness is gone. It's just gone. And there's no grief, there's no trauma, um, you know, and I don't want to make light of the fact that they're gone, but you know what, the heaviness of their departure isn't there. And God took that away. And <clears throat> one thing that we need to be real careful of is not letting any of that trauma and any of their memories to try to come back, because they're going to come knocking at the door sometimes. And you need to be prepared for that and to go, oh, I know, I deserve to be sorrowful. I deserve, you know, to wallow. I deserve, you know, to hang on to this stuff, you know. And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to hang on to any of that grief. If I had not gotten rid of the grief and the trauma, I would have not been able to even be on this radio program today because the enemy would have come in, destroyed me with fibromyalgia and pain and sleeplessness and cancer, it would have just eaten me up. And it's like you say, you know, that's just really eating at me. Well, you know what? Whatever's eating it, you get rid of it. And the manual teaches you how to get rid of all of this. And and then recently with, with what had happened in my past and the divorce, 
of years ago of the betrayal of an unfaithful husband who was homosexual and you know and recently there was a big you know news thing about betrayal in this family and you know and about how he had lied to her and I'm like oh I can relate to that and it was like you know I I started reading the article a little bit and I'm like oh I rebuke this in the name of Jesus I shut the magazine and I said you know I am not going to allow the enemy to come in and remind me of the pain of my past and remind me of the betrayal that had happened almost 12 years ago. I refuse to let the enemy do that. So it's very, very important that we keep... You know what I believe? If you had not made that decision at that moment, you would have given the enemy access to put cancer on you again. Absolutely. And and the manual talks about... Where have we opened the door for sickness to come in? We need to do a self-examination, not self-condemnation, but self-examination and look at ourselves and say, where, if I have opened up the door anywhere, show me. Uh, Now, well, let's suppose a doctor has just done a blood test and they say, uh, you're a good candidate for leukemia. We better keep an eye on you. What would you do if you got a report like that? What advice would you give someone? I would say, no, I would first of all say, no, I'm not. And and I say, you know, like when I walk out of the doctor's office, if he, I mean, because he told me, he says, you know, you're, you're going to get diabetes, you're going to get macular, this is like a year ago, you're going to get macular degeneration because your mother had it, you're going to get this, you're going to get cancer, you're going to get blah, blah. I mean, he went through the whole list. You know, he says, because you're 58 years old now, you're going to get bam, 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 bam. I'm like, no, I'm not. You have a good day, doctor. I'm not getting these things. I refuse them in Jesus' name. And I walked out the door, and I said, I cut those words off in Jesus' name. And then I went, I said, Father, right now, I thank you that you're restoring my eyes like the eagle. You're giving me a new pancreas in Jesus' name. And, And I started going through everything that he had said negative about me. Well, the, the good thing is it tells you what you're to pray for. That's right. I'm not opposed to going to doctors. You know, I got a daughter who's a doctor. I said, let's go and let us, let us figure out what's wrong. And then what's wrong, let's pray specifically, very specifically for that to be turned around. Everything that he spoke over me that was a possibility is no longer a possibility because it's gone. In the Healing Starts Now manual, there is a chapter called Nurture the Natural Man. That is a chapter written by my daughter, who is a doctor. I have incorporated in the book things that we need to do in the natural. For example, you get healed of diabetes. All right, let's go get donuts, ice cream. No, don't do that. That's abusing your body. We live in a natural body. We need to do that. Like I had somebody that says, I just want to worship God all night long and never sleep again. Well, she almost killed herself because her our bodies in the natural need sleep. Uh, Joan, there is a river of healing that is being released right now. I don't think this. I know if you pray for people right now, they, they're going to have miracles. Wherever you hurt in your body, Whatever is wrong, cancer, whatever, place your hand on it, and we're going to, in the name of Jesus, speak it gone in Jesus' name. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I send the word of healing through these radio waves right now in Jesus' name. 
First of all, I curse the spirit of trauma, rejection, abandonment, betrayal, any form of hopelessness. I command it to be gone. I curse any form of oppression, depression. I curse the fibromyalgia, command that spirit of pain to go, spirit of fibromyalgia, spirit of chronic fatigue syndrome, and, and the heaviness of depression that comes with it. I command every bit of that to go. I curse any spirit of cancer. I curse every prion in every body, command that to go. I curse MS in Jesus' name. I, I command all of the the labels to be removed, ADD, COPD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, all these labels, those labels are removed now in Jesus' name. I speak life, health, wholeness in Jesus' name. I command new rotator cuffs. I speak two new knees in Jesus' name, new elbows, new vertebrae, new discs. I command the bodies to literally grow in height. I curse scoliosis in Jesus' name. I command the proper curves to be restored to backs in Jesus' name, and I curse any form of migraines, in particular that have been brought on through trauma, and trauma of even in the birth canal and the forceps, all the trauma to be gone, the stress to be completely relieved, any residual effect of stress on bodies right now in Jesus' name, I command that to be gone. I speak health and wholeness to the entire digestive system in Jesus' name. I curse any form of constipation, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease in Jesus' name. I speak a brand new set of intestines, any form of endometriosis, female problems. I command that to be gone. Anybody that has had sexual abuse uh, right now, put your hands on your upper thighs. Those are where your, um, your lymph nodes are, and that holds on to a lot of the sexual trauma right there. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I command that trauma from any form of sexual abuse to go in Jesus' name. I command those lymph nodes to be completely released of any storage of trauma in Jesus' name. And I curse any form of fear in any of these bodies in Jesus' name. And Father, right now, put everybody who's listening, put your hand on your head. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just speak like a Holy Ghost Etch-A-Sketch for their, for their memories, the bad memories, to be completely erased in Jesus' name. Every bit of pain that is associated with any form of betrayal, rejection, abuse, sexual included, verbal, I command every bit of that to be completely, completely wiped out in Jesus' name. In Jesus', in name, Jesus name, I name. urge you. Hallelujah. I urge you right now to get her two CDs, Erase the Pain of Your Past and Close the Door to Stress and Trauma, and her complete training manual called Healing Starts Now, all available for a gift of $40. To hear this week's interview in its entirety, or to watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.com. Org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpocha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 1918, Brunswick, Georgia, 31521. Or call our order-only line, one 800 447-2697.
place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 912-265-2500. That's 912-265-2500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation of $10 or more to Sid Roth, that's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 1918, Brunswick, Georgia, 31521.